Hello and welcome along to F1 Rewind, the podcast where we delve into the Formula One archives to bring you the stories and events which happened on each day in motorsport history. Hello everybody and welcome to F1 Rewind as we take one final look through the archives before the 2020 Formula One season gets underway. And Series 2 of the podcast is coming to an end on June the 24th. It's the day on which Henry VIII was crowned King of England in 1509, the day that the longest ever tennis match took place at Wimbledon in 2010, and the day on which David Cameron resigned as British Prime Minister in 2016. It's also the day that Juan Manuel Fangio was born in 1911, the day that Nigel Mansell made a famous pass in Mexico in 1990, and the day that Michael Schumacher finished on the podium for the final time in 2012. Also coming up today, Radio Vance, Heinz Howell Frentzen is in the news, a team gets fined, Martin Brundle gets disqualified, Lance Stroll outqualifies a teammate, and Juan Pablo Montoya is banned from driving in France. There's lots to get through, so for one final time this series, give it all the stories and events from motorsport history on June the 24th. And we start today's podcast with the godfather of Formula One, Juan Manuel Fangio, who was born on this day in 1911. Fangio is regarded as one of the racing greats. His story begins well before the formation of the Drivers' Championship, having made his racing debut in 1938. Fangio's first Grand Prix entry came at the 1948 French Grand Prix. He was present at the first ever World Championship Grand Prix in 1950, and won five titles in his F1 career. And he won those five championships with four different teams, Alfa Romeo, Mercedes, Ferrari and Maserati. No one else in the history of Formula 1 has done that since, and only two drivers have more titles to their name than Fangio. As I mentioned in last week's podcast, of the 51 races which Fangio reached the end of, there is only one where he failed to finish in the top four. Impressively, he won almost half of the F1 events that he raced in and remains top of the list in terms of winning percentage in World Championship history. Fangio's career wasn't without its scares, including him suffering a broken neck as a result of an accident at Monza in 1952 and him being kidnapped at the non-championship Cuban Grand Prix in 1958. Fangio survived all of that though, and remained a presence in the F1 paddock long after his career ended, until his death in 1995. If you want to learn more about Fangio, I'd recommend watching the recently released Fangio documentary on Netflix. Today's other driver birthday is that of British driver Tom Bridger, who was born on the 24th of June 1934. Bridger won 15 Formula 3 races during his junior career, where he raced between 1953 and 1958. He moved up to Formula 2 in 1958, the season in which he made his only Formula 1 appearance. He made that single F1 appearance in a Formula 2 car, a Cooper T45. After qualifying 22nd, he made his way to 14th, before his race was ended by a collision involving two other cars. 
After escaping unharmed from the crash, Bridger returned to F3 in 1959 and won four more races before moving to Formula Junior in 1960. He died in 1991 at the age of 57. Five Formula One races have been held on the 24th of June, and first we have two races which have similarities to next week's Austrian Grand Prix. First up, the 1984 Detroit Grand Prix. When F1 returns next week with the Austrian and Steiermark Grand Prix, it will mark only the sixth time in history that two consecutive F1 races have been held in the same country. One of the other five times that it's happened was at the 1984 Detroit and Dallas Grand Prix, and the 1984 Detroit Grand Prix was held on this day. Reigning world champion Nelson Piquet took the victory on the street circuit in Michigan, with Elio De Angelis and Piquet's Brabham teammate Theo Fabi rounding out the podium. It was the first podium finish of Fabi's career, but he didn't actually stand on the rostrum. Martin Brundle had originally finished in second place. It was the first podium finish of the British driver's career, but he was later disqualified. Race stewards had found impurities in the water injection system of the Tyrrell, as well as lead balls in the rubber bag which contained the water. The team were accused of refuelling the car during the race, and were banned from the remainder of the season, and had the points that they'd already earned taken away. Despite the ban, Tyrrell continued to race for the rest of the year, albeit with them unable to score points. The other race to be held on this day which has a similarity to next week's Austrian Grand Prix is the 2018 French Grand Prix. The 2018 French Grand Prix, along with that year's Austrian and British races, formed F1's only triple header. When F1 is back next week, there will be races on three consecutive weekends for the first time since then. The French Grand Prix returned after a 10-year absence on this day in 2018, and it did so at Paul Ricard. The Paul Ricard circuit had last hosted a Formula 1 Grand Prix in 1990. It's fair to say that the return of the French Grand Prix didn't come without problems, with many fans being stuck in traffic jams for hours. The race itself wasn't the most interesting affair. At the start, Sebastian Vettel made a mess of the first corner and hit Valtteri Bottas, with the German picking up a five-second time penalty as a result. Meanwhile, on their first home appearances, both Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon eliminated themselves from the race in the opening corners. Lewis Hamilton took the victory and retook the championship lead from Vettel as a result. Talking of Paul Ricard, on this day in 2009, it was revealed that the USF1 team, who were due to join the grid in 2010, were looking for a European headquarters at the French circuit. USF1's cars were being designed and built in North Carolina, but the team had wanted to base their European headquarters on the site of a Spanish Le Mans team. However, that team then announced their own application for the 2010 F1 Championship, so the base was unavailable. Instead, team boss Peter Windsor looked to Paul Ricard for a possible home for his team. In the end, that wasn't necessary, as USF1 never raced in the sport. They failed to appear at the start of the 2010 season, and on this day in 2010, the team were banned and fined for failing to show. USF1 had requested to postpone their entry, having admitted that they would not be ready in time to compete in 2010, but their request was denied. At a hearing in Paris on the previous day, their representative blamed force majeure as the reason for their non-showing, and argued that Bernie Eccleston had deterred potential sponsors with his negative comments about the team's chances of making the grid. 
Those suggestions were rejected by the FIA. Nigel Mansell made one of the most famous moves of his career on the 24th of June 1990 at the Mexican Grand Prix. It was Ayrton Senna who led most of the race on his 100th Grand Prix start, but his rear tyre exploded and Alan Prost, who'd started 13th, took the win. Despite not finishing, Senna was classified in 20th place as he completed more than 90% of the race distance. It was the lowest finishing position in the Brazilian's career. Just behind the leader, Nigel Mansell was closing in on Gerhard Berger for second place. On the penultimate lap at the final turn, the fearsome Peril Tarde, Mansell made his move and overtook the McLaren driver. The overtake is regarded as one of the greatest in F1's history. When Formula 1 returned to Mexico City in 2015, it did so with a revised layout which saw the Peraltada turn replaced with the stadium section. The final corner of the revised track is named in Mansell's honour. The 2020 F1 season will be the first in eight years to feature two races in the same country. The last time it happened was in 2012, when Spain hosted both the Spanish and European Grand Prix, and the latter of those two events took place on this date. The 2012 European Grand Prix was to be the last time that F1 visited the Valencia street circuit, and the track definitely saved its best for last. Sebastian Vettel led the race for the first 33 laps, but then an alternator failure left him on the sidelines. While there was plenty of drama going on throughout the race, including a collision between Pastor Maldonado and Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso kept his cool to take a memorable win from 11th on the grid. Alonso won for Ferrari, and he was joined on the podium by two Ferrari world champions. Kimi Raikkonen finished as runner-up for Lotus, while Michael Schumacher finished third for Mercedes. It was the 155th and final time that Schumacher stood on the podium in his career, and the only time that he did so during his comeback stint. At the age of 43, Schumacher became the oldest driver to stand on the podium since Jack Brabham at the 1970 British Grand Prix. Another European Grand Prix next, and another memorable day for Michael Schumacher. The 2001 European Grand Prix was held at the Nürburgring on the 24th of June. Schumacher's day wasn't without drama, and the drama came before the race. On his way to the grid using the spare car, Schumacher came to a halt, and he had to take control of a BMW scooter to get him back to the pits. He started the race in his race car rather than the spare one, or the scooter, and went on to win the event by four seconds ahead of Juan Pablo Montoya. This was Schumacher's fourth of an eventual nine victories on home soil. Though Alan Prost and Lewis Hamilton currently share the record for most wins at their national Grand Prix, Schumacher is the driver with the most overall wins at home, having won five times at the Nürburgring and four times at Hockenheim. A man who retired from the 2001 European Grand Prix is Heinz Harald Frentzen, and the German has been in the news quite a bit on this day through the years. On the same day that he retired from the Nürburgring race, it was confirmed that he would continue to race at Jordan in 2002, but that never happened, and he was sacked from the team less than a month after this race. He later moved to Prost for the final five races of the 2001 season, 
before concluding his career at Arroz and Sauber. On his death three years earlier, Frentzen had been cleared to race in the 1998 French Grand Prix. He'd been knocked unconscious in a test session with Williams at the Magni Corps track just prior to the French Grand Prix. Williams said that the decision on whether or not he would race would be up to Frentzen himself. He ultimately did, but had he not done, he would have been replaced by Juan Pablo Montoya. And lastly for Frentzen news, on this day in 2010, it was confirmed that he'd be the driver's representative on the stewarding panel for the European Grand Prix at Valencia. Two Formula 1 qualifying sessions have taken place on this day. Fernando Alonso took pole with a 6 tenth margin over Renault teammate Giancarlo Fisichella in qualifying for the 2006 Canadian Grand Prix, while in 2017, Lewis Hamilton took pole with a 6 tenth margin over Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. This qualifying session marked the first time in Lance Stroll's F1 career that he outqualified his teammate. He'd go on to finish on the podium on the following day. And finally, it's time for a look through the F1 headlines from this day in history. And we start with two stories about Team Radio. You may remember in 2016 that there was a big old kerfuffle over restrictions on what could be said to drivers over the radio. Another thing you may remember from the past is Jacques Villeneuve. Something that you might not remember doing before is agreeing with Jacques Villeneuve. But he had quite an agreeable opinion on this day in 2016, declaring that he didn't like the new radio rules. That was because he felt that it was an in-between where the radio was not banned outright, but the restrictions led to team radio messages sounding childish. One year later, on this very day, Roman Grosjean said that he was fed up with his radio messages being aired on television so frequently. He felt that his messages had been singled out, telling Autosport that I've been broadcast much more than others and I'm pretty sure that others have been swearing and not being happy sometimes. I just feel that they have been a bit unfair and I'm tired of it. Two rising stars have been confirmed to be making their Formula 1 debut on this day in recent history. Firstly, in 2016, it was announced that Charles Leclerc, who was racing in the GP3 series at that point, would be making his F1 debut with Haas in free practice one for the British Grand Prix. One year later, Mercedes announced that George Russell would be making his first outing in an official F1 session. His opportunity came at the in-season test at the Hungaroring, where teams were obliged to run one driver who had less than two Grand Prix worth of experience. This wouldn't be Russell's first F1 outing though. He'd previously driven a McLaren in 2015 and had completed laps in a private test for Mercedes at Portimao. A fun fact for you, the first F1 car that George Russell drove was the car with which Jensen Button won the 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. BMW Sauber had their request for a name change approved on this day in 2010. BMW had quit Formula 1 at the end of the 2009 season, but the Sauber team continued to use BMW in their title, despite them no longer having an association with the German manufacturer. That was because the team had entered the 2010 season under the BMW Sauber name, before BMW had announced their intention to withdraw from the sport. The name change was approved in June 2010, but would not come into effect until the 2011 season. 
And lastly, on this day in 2003, Juan Pablo Montoya received a $1,200 fine and was banned from driving on French roads for four months after being caught driving on the roads at 126 miles per hour. He was driving a BMW 4x4 in southern France at the time. Montoya was not able to appear in court for the hearing on this day in 2003, but in a letter he said that in future my behaviour as a private road user will be exemplary. Officials made clear that despite the ban, Montoya would still be able to compete in that year's French Grand Prix. And that's the end of this week's episode and this series of F1 Rewind. I hope you've enjoyed it. The podcast will be back later in the year, but until then, enjoy the 2020 Formula One season, and I will see you back here soon for more trips to the Motorsport Treasure Trove. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.